series. This is week number 16. Michael and I have from the book of Romans, going through the book of Romans. Something as a pastor I feel like really you need to do about every five or ten years simply because (coughs) there's such a turnover. And the book of Romans is the crown jewel of doctrine and theology and your people need to know what they believe. Um, uh, And Romans 8, where this is our, I want to say the second week, um, is the crown jewel of of the entire Bible. Um, There's just so much here that you could do a a, a series from Romans 8, and and we probably will. This is week, like I say, week 2, and I'm going to pick up this morning in Romans 8, verse 5 uh, and verse through verse 17 it's all one theme and in these 13 verses uh, Paul discusses three different types of individuals or three different levels uh, in the realm that we live in and he encourages us to live uh, what I'll describe as level three which is the highest level and let's read these verses. Uh, the series is titled Read It Yourself, and I want us to read it this morning so you uh, get to see where I'm coming from and understand that these are not my words. This is God's word. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit They obviously set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do I need to read that again? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. No matter what's going on. We've had a lot of what's going on. We live in valleys as well as peaks. And it's to have peace and a joyful life in the midst of it all. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, uh, (laughs) nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you hear that? Not my words. Those who are living in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. I didn't write it. Read it for yourself. And if Christ is in you, notice the word if. Paul had doubts about Christians who said they were Christians because he's speaking to the church at Rome. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Not your righteousness is he speaking about. He's talking about the righteousness that we talked about in Romans 3 that is applied to you because of Christ and you trusting him as your savior. But if the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness, 
But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Look at that again. Don't want you to miss those two little words. But if he doubted they were saved even though they were in church. But if the spirit of God. Man, if you could just grasp that. Who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, give life, it's, it's, a, it's grace, to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Just keep grasping what he says because it's over and over and over again. The spirit who dwells in you through what? Through the spirit, Holy Spirit of God. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you can have the Spirit but not be led. You get that? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Wow, God, take your word and speak to everybody's heart. I want to look back at verse 9. And if anyone, notice what he said. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. The first level or type of person that he identifies here is those who do not have the Spirit of God living in them. Paul is not describing in this passage two different types or kinds of Christians. He is saying that the unsaved person does not have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them. You may have a conscience because of things you were taught as a kid. You may have been taught right in Sunday school and church. You may have been baptized or joined a church. But if you do not have the Spirit of God living in you, you are none of His. Not my words. Read it for yourself. The true mark of a born-again believer and a genuine Christian is that he is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul states this again in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. He says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. He goes on to say you're bought with a price and a whole lot more that we could preach from, but we're in Romans 5. In Acts 19, in the book of Acts 19, you've got to realize an early church, the book of Acts was written to the, at the formation of the first churches. And when, when 
you know, Paul was visiting uh, the church at Ephesus. In verse 3, he asked the question, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive? You say, well, I've never been baptized in the Spirit. That ain't what he asked. Don't confuse this with charismatic being baptized the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You were baptized with the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation when you believed on Jesus Christ. There is no other event. That's Paul's words. Your body is the temple. And, and he asked, did you not receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You want to know what I think? My personal opinion, I think when he arrived, he missed that distinguishing mark of a Christian in that church in Ephesus. I think there were people there that, you know, and, and that, that did not show the fruit of the Spirit in their life. And, and I'm not talking about speaking in tongues, running up and down an aisle, and, and hooping and hollering. I'm... Listen to what he says. He said, did you not receive the Spirit of the Holy Spirit when you believed? This is not some after effect thing that takes place in baptism of the Holy Ghost and all that is, is made out. It says, when you believed. When you believed, did you not receive the Holy Spirit? And I believe that he missed those people experiencing what the fruit of the Spirit was in that church. I believe if he were to visit our churches today, he might ask the same question. Did you not believe, and when you believed, did you not receive the Spirit of God? You ask, well, why would you say that? Because there are Christians that do not show evidence of the Holy Spirit of God that live inside of them. You say, how's that? Because the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, is not what we make it out to be. The fruit of the Spirit is love. I know a lot of unloving Christians that name the name of Christ that maybe are not Christ. That is love, joy, peace. You live a life of turmoil without joy and peace? Are you saved? It's, it's that simple. Are you saved? Does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? Because the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, you will have these fruit. Just like apples on an apple tree or peaches on a peach tree, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you're going to have this fruit and it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith fullness, gentleness, and self-control. I didn't write it. Just telling you what it says. And there are a lot of churches filled with folks who say, I, 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 I've been baptized. I'm a member. I was carried in here a hundred years ago. My granddad built these walls. I grew up in this church. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a deacon. I never miss a Sunday. They're the same bunch that says, I don't cuss and chew and I don't run with those that do. 
and yet they never have a kind word for anyone. There is no love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, or self-control. If the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you're going to have those things. They've never put their arm around a drunk or a harlot or a drug addict. They've never went to dinner and sat down with one of them. Said, hey, how you doing? They've never given a dime or a minute of their time to someone in need. They've never went to a party or a gathering where unsaved people were at. They're always standing in judgment of someone else, and they never look in a mirror. We call them Pharisees and hypocrites and self-righteous. They criticize Christ and those that do spend time with the unsaved. They criticized him when he sat down at Matthew's table and fellowshiped with sinners. The root of all sin lies in that aspect. This is the first type of person, or level one. You need to go back and read it for yourself. If, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. I didn't write it, I just read it. The second level or type of person is those who have the Spirit. Verse 10, he starts, If, 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 if Christ is in you. Verse 11, he says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that you received when you believed, not some supernatural event after the fact, when you put your faith and trust in Christ, he is now talking to the born-again person. He is now talking to the child of the living God. He is now talking to the saved ones. That we, we have all these different names, the followers of Jesus, the Christian. The Holy Spirit is in you. It is the evidence of conversion. It's that that after you get saved, you start to do something or say something or be something that's not becoming to being a Christian and immediately you hear a still small voice that says, that's not the way you act no more. This individual that, that he's speaking to, the Holy Spirit has sealed each believer in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, he says, To him you are also, to him you also trusted. Trust. 
You put your faith in Christ. You trusted Him in His work of the cross. After you what? Heard the word of truth. You heard the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection according to what Paul identified in 1 Corinthians 15. This is the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. This is not church attendance. This is not baptism. This is the gospel in whom you trusted. Why? Because you heard the word of truth. When you heard the truth, he said, you've got to think about that. The word of truth, the gospel, is is of your salvation. To whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Thank God you didn't have to seal yourself. He sealed you. You're sealed until the, by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee. You want to see your warranty? Who is your guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase? Go back to the verse before. Who you are not your own, you were bought with a price. He talks about this purchase again. Until the redemption of the purchased possession. You now belong to Christ. You're sealed until He comes after you. To the praise of His glory, not yours. (laughs) This is an individual that is saved maybe a hundred years ago and yet has never developed spiritually. Paul here in this passage that we read 5 through 17 calls them what? Carnal-minded Christians. Listen to that description. I'm going to read it in the NIV and go back and read verses 5 through 8 so you can hear it in the NIV. It's just a little more plain English. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You're not going to know what all the Spirit desires unless you read this book, by the way. Spend some time in it. Do a devotion. You don't have a relationship because you don't know how to live if you're a new Christian. All you have is is those Pharisees that say, well, it's a list of things that you don't smoke and chew and you don't run with those that do. But he goes on to say, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed... By the Spirit is what? Life and peace. If you're in turmoil, maybe you're not being governed by the Spirit, that you're not having life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, and nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Not my words, God's words. It does not say you are not saved. It says you're carnal-minded. It says you who are minding, you who are minding fleshly or sinful desires or 
Are you minding spiritual desires? Must have been a southerner. Because my mama talked about minding. And if I didn't mind, I can remember her trying to reach around driving with one hand and smack me with the other going down the road when I was a kid. You're not minding me. That's what he's talking about. You who are minding the flesh or sinful desires, you are not minding the spiritual desires. You cannot please God if minding or leaning into fleshly desires, no relationship with this Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Galatians 5, 19 and 20 says, you say, well, what do you mean fleshly desires? I, I, I don't understand what. Let, let me tell you what he says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. His words, not mine. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. You can put under that heading anything you want to. Sexual immorality. It covers it all. Impurity and debauchery. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Discord among the brethren. Paul said to Mark, or John said to Mark them. I've threatened to take a magic marker and just walk back sometimes and say, you need to be marked. You're sowing discord among the brethren. It takes place in a lot of churches. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Factions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies and the like, Paul said. That's... That's just some of the stuff that he talks about that you're minding the flesh. So many Christians live in this carnal level. Saved, but minding the flesh. Never graduate or move to level three that he describes. And in turn, what, what, how do they live? They have no peace and they don't live life with joy. Why? Because still minding fleshly desires. Why? But no happiness. Why? No peace. Why? No life of joy. Because continually living in sin. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. You're going to sin. I'm going to sin. Michael, we take our eyes off the ball, the target sometimes. But you can live a life of joy, peace, and happiness, long-suffering, gentleness, if you mind the Spirit instead of your flesh. Dr. Philip Newell says, to be disappointed with yourself means you believed in yourself. That's an I-me-I philosophy. Instead of the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. I fall. I stumble. I have all these issues. I'm so disappointed that I didn't live it through. You've got your trust in yourself. A big eye, little 
you, Christ, the Holy Spirit, because it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us that we can live the impossible. He states to be discouraged. I can't live it. I can't believe this is happening. Is unbelief and trust in the Christ, the Holy Spirit who is able to do the impossible. That means you don't believe God if you believe in yourself and you say, I can't, and live a discouraged or disappointed life. It is unbelief. You don't believe in God, you don't believe in His purpose, you don't believe in His plan, you don't believe in His sovereignty, and you don't believe in His providence. He states to be proud and believe in yourself is blind because you don't see yourself as God sees you. To fear is lack of faith and trust in the providential sovereign God. All carnality. First, you don't have the Spirit, you're not saved. You have the Spirit, but you're living minding the flesh. It means you're carnal. And the third level that he talks about is the type of person who the Spirit not only is in you, but he has control of you. The NIV, verses 13b through 16 says, But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. You're not a slave. We have liberty. You, you, you live again. Think about what he says in those verses. You are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, or the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Life, peace, fellowship. Calling God Abba Father, which is interpreted Daddy. I didn't call my Daddy or my grandparents that ra helped raise me Daddy when I was living in disobedience. I run from them. I'd come in after that. Hopefully, I'd go to bed, try to sneak in. But when you're in a relationship living out the fruit of the Spirit, you've got a relationship for its daddy. Big difference. Life, peace, joy. I don't know how to expound more about what Paul is saying here because it's pretty plain and simple. It, it, it doesn't take rocket scientists to understand where he's coming from and exactly what he says in those 13 verses. Those who are led by the Spirit. What's that look like? May I say to you, you don't need to rededicate yourself. You need to quit trying and start trusting. It's the same type of faith 
that you put your faith in Jesus Christ when you accepted him as your Savior. I believe you hung on a cross. I wish I could put that image of him on that cross with that crown of thorns on his head with his hands nailed out on both sides and in his feet this morning. The same faith that you use to trust Christ is the same faith that you trust the Holy Spirit with to help you live the Christian life by one of yielding and obedience to the still small voice that lives inside of you based on the truth of the Word of God. What you need to do today is believe God can do something which is the impossible that you cannot do yourself, but believe that God can do the impossible in changing your life. You want to know what that's called? Repentance. You've got to believe. You say, preacher, that's pretty strong. That's almost offensive what you're saying this morning. I hope so because that's what I intend for it to be. Paul evidently intended it that way too. Because Paul is making it very, 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 very clear that here it gets more offensive. The carnal mind is at enmity with God. He's hostile toward God. The Pharisees were hostile towards Jesus. In fact, they were so hostile they crucified Him. Religious people The carnal mind is at enmity with God. Read it yourself. I, I didn't write it. The pharisaical, holier than thou, the self-righteous, the perfectionist Christian living, I can go on and on and on, is at enmity with God. They're hostile toward God. They're also hostile toward this kind of teaching in His Word too. Amen or oh me. I can't make it any plainer than Paul did in these, in these 13 verses. We must come to realize that to live the life that is pleasing to God is to be led by the Spirit of God in obedience to His Word. What's it do? It produces the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus called them out in His day, and we must in ours. Religious and no relationship. Some not even saved because they don't pro they profess without possessing the Spirit of God. They're basing their salvation on something other than grace by faith. You say, that's, that's not what I've been taught. Read it yourself. Let's stand.